Welcome to the Who and What She Wants podcast. I'm your host, Chloe Ward, and each week I will be interviewing an inspirational female entrepreneur so that you can take away actionable tools and insights to enable you to build the business of your dreams. Whether you're first starting out building your own business, or if you have entrepreneurial dreams that you don't know how to make a reality, then this podcast is for you. Now let's get into the episode. Today, I am super excited to welcome the incredible Lauren and Pamela to the show. This incredible mother and daughter duo are Feng Shui experts and the founders of the Feng Shui Collective. Today, we're going to deep dive into Lauren and Pamela's entrepreneurial experience, and they are going to share with us how their background has helped to define the business women they are today. For anyone wanting to build a family-run business, Lauren and Pamela's story will help to inspire you to chase your dreams and to follow your passion. Welcome to the show, ladies. Thank you so much for coming on and speaking with me today. Thank you, Chloe. Thank you. Thank you for having us. I'm so excited. I have to admit, from a personal perspective as well, I'm really excited to chat to you both. So I'm so excited to find out a bit more about things today. So I'm really forward to this conversation <laughs> we're happy to share it's it's a really it's the most fun um and it's wonderful and magical and practical and it's just the best it's so much fun to practice and teach this um this art form oh it sounds so up my street I'm so excited for this one um I thought just to kick us off it would be amazing if you could just both give a, give me a bit of background just into how you founded the company and what experience has led you to where you are today go ahead mama Well, about uh, uh, five, six, seven years ago, I was doing presentations for workshops and retreats that Lauren was hosting. And uh, we began to realize that her health and wellness uh, coaching business, particularly about goal setting, was really serendipitous with the natural science and the art of feng shui because uh, feng shui is translated as wind or what you cannot see or your thoughts, which uh, in our case, it's about the goals. You have to be clear on your goals and shui means water or what you can see or matter or things you move around. Yeah. So we like to say that when the wind of your intention or your thoughts sweeps over the water, uh, of your environment, positive change occurs. Mm -hmm. So Lauren, you want to continue? Yeah, I guess um, to add to that, it was, we kind of had this moment. We were in the car, we were heading up to our hometown and um, you know, it was kind of one of those scramble moments like mom, get a pen, get a paper. And we wrote down this newspaper heading that was like mother daughter duo take feng shui or something by storm and it was like this vision that we had and so in October of 2019 um, we officially formed the feng shui collective so it's important to know I guess that I've been uh, a goal coach for women for about a decade and mom has about three decades of feng shui experience so um, you can't do the feng without the shui and you can't do the shui without the feng so the, the feng is the goals and the shui is the movement of matter and we were like this is just perfect so here we are. <laughs> Oh, I love that. And also, I love that you guys had a bit of an aha moment as well. They were my absolute favorite moments to have. So, (laughs) yeah, 
had you spoke previous like prior to this our home our home moment had you spoken together before and thought about starting a business or was this kind of the moment it all happened I think it was kind of the moment what do you think mom well you you talk about an aha moment but do you remember it was a dream that you had oh that's right and then and then we were scrambling to like write down the title that's what it was right oh I love that what was the transition like from working by yourselves to then collaborating and working together we just spend more mom daughter time which is really fun um I think just to add to that like we, we work so well together and it was like all the things that were missing in my private business, like counting and the P and L's and the money and like all of that stuff. It's just not my strong suit. Um, you know, when we partnered, mom is really good at that. And, you know, with her private business, the sales and marketing side, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, mom, but it's not your favorite thing to do. Right. Right. And, just, and that's I mine. I just want to so show was, up. Yeah. You want to show wants to show up so it was almost (laughs) like it made it easier because there's two heads there's four hands there's four eyeballs you know it's just like it was so complimentary oh I love that and how do how long did it take you to go from having the idea to actually getting getting off the ground and you know having a tangible business that you could promote to clients what do you think mom I think that was in summer when I dream so maybe that was like June our summer and then, right, um, right. So we, we got we, busy making a business plan. Yeah. And um, we got real clear on our mission and our values and what the goals we wanted to accomplish and the objectives, you know, the tiny steps to reach our goals. And um, so we had our strategic plan in place. And I think that in October was when we connected with a technology consultant. Yeah. Yeah. And she was um, and is such a brilliant coach. Um, Shout out to Elisa Wilcox. She she really just helped us put together the nuts and the bolts of, you know, the courses and the back end sales funnels and, um, you know, determining streams of revenue. The best coaches have coaches, I say. Yeah, it's so true. I've recently actually hired a business coach myself. Well, I say recently, probably about six months ago now. And it's made the world of difference. Like it literally supercharges you and it supercharges your business as well. And it was terrifying. Um, I can't recommend it enough. Right? Like it was, it was expensive and terrifying. And it was, you know, that was our first big consultancy fee, you know, and it was, it was a lot of money. So we were, we were really glad that we did that. Mm, let's dive into that a little bit more actually because I think that's such an interesting topic because I know it was something I really had to overcome deciding to invest in my business almost before it even made much profit or much turnover Mm. um how did you guys kind of you know work around that and decide that that was what you definitely wanted to go ahead and do well it's a tough one you know because it for us it was quite a, a chunk of change and we had to get into our savings account to credit you know, card <laughs> but that's that's what an uh, an entrepreneur is right it's someone who is willing to take a risk but we didn't take the risk lightly you know we you know we did roll the dice as an entrepreneur does but we did it thoughtfully if that's possible yeah. mm, I love that and I love what you said about it being important if you're going to 
take go down the entrepreneurial route that you have to be willing to take risks because I completely agree and I think it's something people don't always talk about um, and that you're not quite aware of when you're first starting your business that you do have to learn what your risk tolerance yes. is um, I know that was definitely something I struggled with when I first started out sort of finding the balance between what was a calculated risk versus what was a bit of a dangerous exactly. risk <laughs> and I think just um, for the coach piece as well we really, um, we really knew that we needed some accountability to get things going. And we knew that, um, you know, the, her offering specifically really matched with ours. And so I think it's important to really interview your coaches or find someone that you just connect with and go, that's the one, um, she's got exactly what we need. And so, um, and you know, we can't, we can't rave enough about our experience with, with the coach. So if you're listening and you're thinking about it, um, you know, do take into consideration the risk, but it could be the best move you ever make in your business. Mm, I love that. How did you go about finding your coach? So we had crossed paths. Um, you know, we were colleagues. She's local here in town. Um, and she's just got a lot of really great clients. And, you know, over the years, we kind of, I, I had known her for many years. And over the years, I just started watching what her clients were doing and then she, we had never really connected though. It was almost like ships in the night. And then her best friend owned a, an event space, a loft here in Santa Barbara. And um, her best friend wasn't able to attend one of our big women's workshops. I think there was like 65 people there. It was amazing. Um, and so she sat in and she ended up, you know, doing the work with us and doing the journaling and the goal setting exercises. And she, to this day is like, you know, I, you guys, you know, I knew I needed a new car and I wrote down, I wanted a new car and then I got a new car. And so I think we kind of got hooked on each other after that event and, um, watch what your coaches are doing and watch what they're producing, um, and see who they're working with. Check it out. Yeah, that's such great advice. And it's, it's so amazing now as well, that just even for going on social media, you can find out so much about yeah. someone and someone's clients. Yep. Agreed. Which is incredible. There was something I just wanted to go back to as well, because I thought it'd just make quite an interesting conversation. But when you wrote your business plan, had you had much experience writing business plans before? Because from everyone I've interviewed, it seems to be one of those buzzwords that people get really stuck yeah. on, especially when they're starting out. It's like something they're really scared of doing. Yes. Um, so I thought it'd be great just to dive into that a little bit more, just to demystify. Mom has a master's in leadership. Um, I went to business school, um, college, and, you know, they teach you all that stuff, but I, it just sort of went in in one ear and out the other. And the strategic planning side of mom's brain is really well developed. But yeah, the score coach is a wonderful resource. Um, I also back in the day took Marie, Leo, Marie Forleo's B school um, and really enjoyed that. It's not necessarily like you're coming out with a business plan in your hand from Marie, but it's kind of the same, all the same exercises. And it's it's, it's very modern. Um, and so Marie Forleo, that was not a cheap one either, but that was, that was a, a calculated risk and I took it and I'm glad I did. <laughs> I actually took that you as did. well. I did. It was the first thing. As soon as I decided I was going to do, I hadn't even quit my job at this point. I was still working full time. And um, yeah, I signed up to it. It was kind of like the first little stepping stone I took before starting my business. Awesome. What did you think? How did you feel about it? <laughs> Yeah, same as you, but it's like, I really liked it. Um, I felt like it was a lot of, it was almost like searching within, but in a very structured right. way, um, which I liked. Like, I almost had all the answers myself, but I feel like she just, all of the 
the program sort of like led you to them, which I liked. Um, yeah, it was good. I felt like I kind of want to redo it again this year. I almost feel like I need yeah, a refresh. Yeah, and we but, have lifetime access um, to it, right? So we can pick that up again. Yeah. Yeah, I am tempted. I have to admit, I was tempted earlier in the year, but you know what it's like trying to fit everything. Well, it's in. so funny you say that. There's such a big difference between working on and working in your business. Like working on your business would be taking B school again and that big zoomed out strategic plan, business plan you know, doing your, your offerings for the year. And then working in your business is like the Instagram posting and the emails and the, you know, the scheduling and all of that. So there's such a difference and it's so hard to work on your business sometimes. And I really hat nod to mom because she does, you know, she's like, is this on our strategic plan? I don't think, I don't know where it fits in when I'm, you know, I'm kind of like the idea dreamer and I always want to create new things. And she's like, let's use what we have. And then also make sure that it's in the strategic plan and, you know, evaluate. So I appreciate that. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. It seems like you're really yin and yang to each other. I love that. You have such great complementary skills. Um, also, I love what you just mentioned there about working on your business and working in your business, because it's probably one of the biggest challenges that I currently face. How do you guys manage it? And like, how do you schedule in time monthly to work on the business? Well, I think that, it, first of all, it's just an awareness that we all get hung up in the production, the, yeah. you know, just getting the getting mm -hmm. the work done. But it really is important to make the time, schedule the time to um, take a look at your strategic plan to do your finances. Now, I'm not perfect at this, but I do regularly uh, look at our monthly expenses and our revenue. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I try. I don't. <laughs> uh, I'm cognizant of, of uh, our taxes and what we can write off and what we can't. Uh, Lauren actually does the prompting. Okay, let's take a fresh look at our strategic plan because frankly, a uh, strategic plan is a living working document. It's yeah. something that we refer to at least weekly and we often tweak it. Uh, we're right now doing a, a bit of a pivot on our strategic plan and that's okay. You know, things happen, things come up, but you want to, as Lauren said, um, we may come up with an idea that sounds really great, but okay, let's just step back a minute, look at our goals okay. and objectives. Where does this fit in to our plan? And if it doesn't do make a change. Yeah. And just to piggyback on that, usually, I mean, every week we carve out Tuesday and Thursday afternoons um, to put our heads together. So whether it's, you know, it's, you know, one of the challenging things, I'm sure we'll get to this, but one of the challenging things with, you know, we're on podcasts and scheduling calls with clients and there's a lot of scheduling to do. And a lot, it's so much easier to just get on the phone and go through the emails and respond together, you know, because instead we're texting back and forth or, you know, we're saying, okay, are you available at 10? No, I'm not available at 10. And so, um, you know, having those times in the afternoons, at least two days a week for sure that we're meeting um, have been really helpful. Mm, that's great that's such a great takeaway I think for everyone listening as well they'll, they'll get so much out of that so thank you so much for sharing that um I'm so impressed by both of your experience you've got such incredible experience in different industries have you both always wanted to be entrepreneurs would you say yeah well, mom I you have, go ahead <laughs> I have um 
<laughs> I, I guess that I have been doing side businesses throughout my, uh, what my mother would have called my real job career. Um, you know, I started out, in fact, Lauren was born when my husband and I owned her, her dad and I owned a bakery. So that was our first step. And that was um, almost 40 years ago. Lauren was kind of like the bakery baby and the entire town <laughs> would come in to see her. Um, oh, you know, <laughs> a baby and cake. Well, what can you want? I, know. Um, I have... I'm not 500 pounds, too. <laughs> yeah, me too. Uh, I've published a newsletter. I've been a um, caterer. My husband and I uh, have had a deli, and um, I've been a, a coach for, let's see, an image coach. And Gosh, you know, it seems like even though I've had a, a job to sort of put food on the table, um, I've always been inspired to do something else. Yeah. You know, follow I, my I heart. I think I, I guess I come by that, honestly. I remember, I, yeah, it was probably about 10 years ago now. I can't really remember, but um, I was working at a software company. I was a director of client relations and, you know, making good money, um, just miserable, absolutely miserable. I was basically like the kick puppy that clients would call when the software would go wrong, but the software was faulty to begin with. So it was just a mess. Um, and you know, I remember sitting there and I had recently gotten into CrossFit and eating paleo. And I just said, I cannot rely on this software company for my money. And I started a food blog, which then kind of turned into, you know, the advertising and the, you know, the blogging deals and the affiliate programs. And so I started making some money there. And at some point when that was kind of picking up enough for me to not be terrified, I was terrified, not be quite as terrified to leave the software job. I just had a really bad day with my boss and I just put in my 30 day notice and I took the leap. And, um, you know, obviously oh, wow. there's been a lot of pivots since a food blogger, but that's, that's what business is about. There's been so many things that I've tried that were total flops. There's even things that we've done with the Feng Shui Collective that have just not just flopped and that happens. So I uh, became a board certified health coach with Institute of Integrative Nutrition and was doing the health coaching. And then, um, I worked at Lululemon part-time because I'm a Lulu addict um, and I became the goal coach for the store and did some goal coaching for um, the region. And that's when I was like, it's not just health coaching, because if you're healthy, you're looking at all the areas of your life. Right. And that's when the goals came in, because I was like, where where is the system that we could just apply and lay over um, to every area of our lives? You know, romance, career, health, um, all of these different areas. And so I developed my seven step program. Um, and have been goal coaching ever since. So it's really been, um, I don't want to work for the man and, um, you know, I need to support myself and I really want to, you know, support my husband. He works really hard. Um, and I don't think that I'm ever going to go back. <laughs> this is just, you know, and the feng shui piece has just been the most fun to learn. I've just been a sponge of moms for however long she's been practicing, but, really into reading and, you know, all of these things with feng shui now. It's so fascinating. This is amazing. I'd love as well. So you guys, it's so impressive. Like, I can't believe how much you've both achieved over the years. You've just done Aww, so incredibly you. well. Um, 
no honestly it's so incredible would you have ever thought like when you first handed your notice in at your job that this is where you'd be now no. all these years later no, no I think I mean especially just being in business with mom um you know we we always spend time together, but this is just like the icing on the cake. If you would have asked me when I was like at my software company, if I'd be in business with my mom, you know, focusing on goals and feng shui and creating balance and bliss in people's lives, I would have been like, what? (laughs) (laughs) Do you still both manage your side hustles now alongside running the feng shui collective? Um, not I don't really I mean I have a fun like I have some like crafty side of me that she wants to come out um the foodie piece of us both of us I mean we mom has been a chef and you know you've heard her thing and I just love to cook we both love to cook we are just we are we are lovers of of cuisine and of creating um so you know, the food, the cooking classes are kind of a thing we've been doing. And that's a bit of a, it's called feng shui in your kitchen. So that's kind of like a side piece of feng shui. Um, But yeah, there's like a little bit of, I do a little crafting here and there, but no real side hustles. Feng shui collective keeps us very, very busy. (laughs) Yeah, I can imagine. I've seen how much you guys have got going on on all your website and things. Um, How do you manage all your time? And like, how do you kind of stay so motivated and you know, keep bringing out such incredible parts to this Feng Shui collective. You know, I like to say that Feng Shui found me. I didn't find Feng Shui. And Feng Shui has been woven through the tapestry of my life for, as Lauren said, nearly 30 years. So, um, you know, you've heard that find what it is that you're passionate about and the money will follow. Mm -hmm. So Feng Shui has been a passion. So studying it, um, writing about it, teaching it, practicing it is just all fun for me. It's so fun. Yeah, Yeah. we actually have something, um, Chloe, called the Passion Finder. And it's one of the exercises I developed, Mm. you know, years ago in my in my goal coaching practice, you know, people would say, well, I don't know what goal to set. I don't know what I want to do. So one of the hardest parts of setting a goal is if you're indecisive. Um, and we're happy to send y'all and the listeners the Passion Finder um, workbook. And it's just a way if you're listening and you're like, man, it sounds nice that you can you stay motivated because it's fun. But I don't really know what is so fun for me. Um, this workbook will have you answer a series of questions and then have you connect the dots. So it can kind of dig out what you're really passionate oh, about. And then do that and do it well. And, you know, when it's fun, it's easy to prioritize work. Um, And one of my favorite time management techniques I'll share with you guys is called the Pomodoro technique. Um, And it's working in 25 minute increments and you set a timer and then you take a five or 10 minute break. So 25 and five, 25 and five. Um, And, you know, you can pivot on different projects that you're working on in your 25 minute chunk. So you can start chipping away at multiple projects at once, but we are not fans of multitasking. (laughs) Oh, that's incredible. Thank you so much. I'll definitely be sure to share that in the show notes and things. I feel like I'll be using it myself because I'm a Libra and indecisive <laughs> should literally be my middle name. So I will probably get so good. much use oh, good. as well. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds incredible. Um, I, I would love just to know a little bit more about kind of your dynamic as well, obviously being mother and daughter and running a business together. How do you kind of manage your work life versus kind of home life balance (laughs) I don't know if there really is one 
I'm not sure if there is one. <laughs> um, I think that basically, um, you know, it's funny, like mom and dad will come over for dinner and then mom and I are sort of huddled in a, in a corner with a glass of wine, um, you know, talking about business and my dad and, and my husband are, you know, out in the backyard doing whatever. So we maybe should set some boundaries around just hanging out versus working, but we just have, we just have so much fun. And, you know, we, we do talk shop, um, when we're, when we're in social family time. (laughs) I can completely relate. So I have a candle business with my dad and I find sometimes we'll be having like Sunday lunch or something and then he'll go off on a tangent about something to do. And you can see like my brothers and sisters and that looking at, oh God, here they go again. My dad and my husband (laughs) are eye rolling at us as we're, like I said, huddled in a corner with a glass of wine talking shop. So (laughs) it's so hard when you're passionate about something though isn't it because it just feels like something you actually want to have a conversation about it's fun to talk about so much fun so I also I think there's a slice of my dad and a slice of my husband that think we're both kind of crazy (laughs) they they (laughs) all the best people um also I was so impressed by how many online courses and programs that you have do you have any tips at all that you could share for anyone that was wanting to start up an online course or program sure, of Mom, their you own? Sure, Mom, to take this one? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, um, yeah I love creating courses. Um, I'm kind of, like I mentioned before, I'm kind of like the dreamer and I'm always wanting to need feng shui for new homeowners, for new moms, for recently divorced, but, you know, all of these little niche courses, but teachable, you guys is so wonderful. It takes a little bit to get used to the platform. There's a lot going on inside of it, but they offer really good training. Um, when we started, we actually weren't using teachable and we were just hosting our course, um, through our faith, one of our private Facebook groups. And once we decided to pull the trigger and move everything over to teachable, it just became like this, this machine of, you know, us being able to take an idea Um, you know, sit down and write the content for the videos and write down the modules and then just, you know, chunk it out and get it uploaded and teachable. And it's just been um, really great. So if you are generally better, uh, let's see, let me rephrase that. If you know more than the general public about a certain specific topic, you are already considered an expert. So if you know a little more than you think the, the general public knows about flower arrangements, create a course, go over to Teachable, think about what you would include and just get it in there. And it is so fun. It keeps track of all the money and there's affiliate programs. Um, so that's kind of been our, our secret weapon for the, the numerous offerings that we're able to offer. Sure. Oh, thank you for sharing that. That's such a great takeaway. What would you say in terms of what timeline, how long would it take to go from dreaming up a course to actually having it out there ready um, to purchase? Well, I'm working right now with a new client. Oh, this is actually a side hustle now that now we're full circle. Um, so I'm doing consulting for brick and mortar <laughs> business, um, a dog training business um, to get all of his training documents online and into the 21st century. Um, And we have a timeline of three months, but it really just depends on how, and I, so he has his full-time business. And then this is a bit of an extra layer, right? Of to-dos because you got to sit and record the videos and you got to make your worksheets, um, which is not hard at all. Um, But, you know, if you were able to sit down and record six 20 minute videos in two days, you could have a course up in a week. 
Um, it's really just dependent on how much time you can carve out for sort of working on your business instead of in your business. Oh, thanks for sharing that, Lauren. I think you've really demystified making courses because I know it's something that a lot of people think would be such a great asset to have within their business, but they just get so overwhelmed with getting started with it because they think it's like this huge kind of year long project. But I love that you said you could actually have one up and running in a week. And also, I love what you said about you just have to be more yeah. of an expert <laughs> than the general public. Um, no, that's no such a great takeaway because. Yes, because it's something that I mean, I because I run a marketing agency and I've been really keen to get a course up and running. But even though I actually like that is my full time gig, I run people's marketing campaigns and things. I still get imposter syndrome of being like, oh, but do I know enough to do a course? It's like do now it, you've made it, me want to go and do and one. Also, like um, in Teachable, just for example, you don't have to have a six or 12 week course, this big mamma jamma. You can go in and you can write a small ebook. Um, or you can record one quick video and have one little worksheet and that can be the whole thing. So you could just start really, really small. And then um, even if you started really small, you can end up bundling them all together and then making a bigger course when you're ready. So do it, Chloe. <laughs> yes, hopefully next week you'll see me putting a course down. You'll definitely be able to take credit for it as well if you do see that. She'll be like, Let yeah, me know I'm if you need help. help. I'm here for you. <laughs> Oh, thank you. <laughs> um, what would you say have been your biggest challenges so far on your journey as entrepreneurs? What do you think, Mama? Oh, um, I think probably the money. The money piece yeah. is a is a challenge. How you know, just the generating revenue. As I said, I've had uh, you know careers in in two different modalities as I've continued on with my with my side businesses uh, and it's only really been in the last oh maybe five years that I've devoted my time to feng shui and teaching and um, yeah doing consulting so it's uh, it's been a journey but you know yeah. I I like money <laughs> so do I <laughs> So do all. Well, and you're in business to make money, right? <laughs> money for us is freedom. And I think, yeah, the challenging piece, you know, getting started when we had just thrown a big chunk of money at a coach and, you know, not seeing the revenue starting right away. Um, we're definitely in a different boat now, which is amazing, but we still obviously have goals around money. And luckily we have the, um, you know, the, the tools of the trade. We have feng shui in our back pockets and we know where the abundance areas are in our homes. And we, activate those often so that we keep, you know, bringing it in. But um, let me try and think of another challenge that we've faced. Um, for me, I think, and it's mom sort of tethery. I always like to think of relationships as one person is usually the kite, like in the air, just being crazy, flapping around in the wind. And the other person is holding the string on the ground. Right. So I feel like I'm usually the crazy kite <laughs> in the air and mom's you know, skidding with her feet, you know, in the, in the sand, trying to hang on for dear life. <laughs> um, it's really been a challenge to harness and use what we've already created versus going into creation mode again. And like, you know, you know, getting new, new content out there. So um, I just appreciate you being my kite string mom. <laughs> I appreciate you being my wild and crazy kite. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's so lovely. I could really picture that as well. That was such a good metaphor. <laughs> um, 
I, I'd love to go back to what you said there, Pamela, about kind of finances and things. Because for I know it's something I really, really, really struggled with when I well, I'm to be honest, I'm still struggling with it now. Like overcoming my money mindset and kind of my limiting beliefs around money and like what I should be earning and how much I should charge and things like that. What have you found has been your best techniques for kind of overcoming that and being able to set yourself, you know, great financial goals to strive towards within the business? I think that what calms me down, uh and pulls me away from the cliff is paying attention to my money, Mm. taking time. Mm. uh, I take time probably every other day, pretty frequently to look at my bank account, to look at what kinds of expenses are coming up to um, kind of figure out, okay, is, is there going to be enough money to cover this? I think for me, once I pay attention and I kind of get, okay, well, I can pay for this bill here and then I'll strategically pay half of the other one next month. And, you know, when I have a plan of action, that calms me down. And I think that when I take the time to sit down and look at my money, um, that's that's my key anyway. And and meanwhile mm, I'm over I love here that. like just show up I just want the money to show up <laughs> well <laughs> it is do you know what's so lovely that you guys have each other to balance each other out though because for me I'm basically like both of you but I'm just one person so like I always have arguments in my head where I'm like oh I just need to spend and then the other part of me is like no check your bank yes. like sort your I stuff I will out. say I do I have really been working on my financial um intelligence or um there's another term for it it's not coming to me right now but um you know reading books and you know doing small investments here and there and listening to podcasts and I'm really at this point like learning about investing and I think that I will say same with mom like the the paying attention to it is not my strong suit but but learning about it so you know I know that this is an area of weakness for me I just want the money to show up whether I'm working or not and I want you know lavish $300 lunches and, you know, a new Range Rover. But, um, you know, I'm going to have to put in some work. And I don't know that my brain, where it's at right now, is fully aware of how to make that happen. You know, so it's like, okay, are we doing like investment properties in another state? Are we going to do some, you know, stock and bond stuff? Are we going to, you know, is it real estate? Is it? So I think if you are like me and you're like, I don't really want, I like barely check my bank account balance because I don't really want to know what's going on in there. Um, If you're like that, then, um, (laughs) you know, do start to flex your finance muscles and learn. Mm, Yeah, that's such a great takeaway. Have you had any books or any podcasts or any um, anything you've kind of found online really stuck out for you and really helped you with learning a bit more about investments and things? Because I know it's something that a lot of people came to learn about. Know about our money? I like can't believe that we weren't taught more in school. You know, it just seems so silly. But um, there's two classics that have really just lit my fire lately, and the first was Rich Dad Poor Dad, and the second is Dave Ramsey's Total Money Makeover. Um, so those two audiobooks will totally light you up. Um, there's a podcast called Bigger Pockets podcast, which is primarily around real estate investment, but also just about money in general. Um, and then I use a bank accounting system when I can, you know, 
make myself log in and look at it. It's called um, Every Dollar, <laughs> and it is one of Dave Ramsey's product uh, project products. But basically, you get to look at all of your transactions. And so for the first three months, I think he recommends just filing your transactions and you drag and drop them into their categories. And then after three months, you can see a visual of where your money's going. And then you can start a budget, which is also within that program as well. So every dollar has been super helpful. Um, yeah, I think, and I, I, the more I learn about money, the more I am inspired to log in and sit down and look at my stuff. That's, that's true for me right now. Mm. I recently read Rich Dad Poor Dad as well. It's so good. It's literally amazing. It's just wonderful. Mm, Definitely. And still so relevant today. Like so relevant today. If not some if not more so due to everything crazy that's been going on in the last year or so. So it's been great to learn about that. It's been a good time to learn. Continue that thought of what's going on in the world right now. If you guys are listening and you don't have a side hustle or you don't have you know, another revenue stream coming in, it is time to make that happen. There's never been a better time to have an online business. There's never been a better time to share what you know. Um, People are at home and they're online all day. And so, um, you know, I just really think it's it's a golden opportunity to start right now. I couldn't agree more. I love that you shared that as well, because it's kind of like the whole premise of my podcast. I just really want people to feel like, you know, they can do it as well and they can start their own dream business, whether it be a side oh, hustle or full time or whatever. I just hope that inspires good, people. So thank you for that. Um, Lauren, this might be more of a question for you. So I know you said earlier that marketing was kind of your domain, but um, what do you find are the best marketing techniques for yes, your business? Yes, I love the marketing. I love the sales. Um, well, I say I, I don't, I guess I don't love the sales, but I, I, I do kind of excel at it. Um, the best marketing tools really for us have been Instagram. Um, we do have a pretty juicy email list and we have recently had um, several, maybe a handful of viral videos on TikTok, which is so funny. Um, you know, when I first downloaded TikTok, it was like so many thirst trap, like 16 year old boys on there with their shirts off. And I really, you know, curated my feed of what I see and connect with on TikTok. And so it's now it's like home and garden stuff, architecture, cooking, and it's just a really beautiful place to be. Um, and the, the way our, funnel kind of works is we'll do a video on TikTok. I'm due for one, by the way, we'll do a video on TikTok and just say, go follow us on Instagram. So that's kind of the whole point of TikTok is to get people over to the gram. Um, And yeah, we, um, I do a lot of outreach on Instagram too. So if there's, um, you know, we like to do writing for publications and we like, we're actually being featured in a really amazing magazine coming up. But um, a lot of them start with just like, Hey, we're a mom daughter duo. And, um, you know, we practice feng shui and would you like to feature us? So it's kind of asking for the dance, which is a really typical, um, you know, I guess I could say classic sales term. You have to ask for the dance or no one's going to buy from you. So um, outreach is a big piece. The email marketing has been um, just a fun way to keep our our feng shui family engaged. And we do a monthly newsletter and we have a whole email sales funnel set up. So there's a series of eight emails that people get when they opt in with us um, that sell our course. And we really haven't done much print advertising or marketing. Um, It's mostly been online. Um, We do when we run our courses, we do um, an affiliate program. So people are basically incentivized monetarily to 
share our product with their people and they get, I mean, they get a chunk. Like it's when you have an affiliate program, you want to pay people enough to make it worth it. So that basically means if I were like, Chloe, help us sell our course, we're going to give you $250 for every person you come our way. Here's all the information that you need and videos and, you know, content. And then you're like 250 bucks. Heck yes. I'm going to share, you know, the course with my people. Um, and so, you know, we're, we're not making quite as much money, but you're bringing us the quantity of people. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, no, definitely. Do you use an affiliate program or is, is it well, one that you one set up yourself? Fun fact. <laughs> oh, yes, wow. Oh, teachable. So in, a, in, a, in a higher priced monthly tier, but there is an affiliate program. I mean, before mm. it was just a spreadsheet and we would write everybody down that we were using, um, but yeah, with, with Instagram, I think that's kind of been our biggest one. And we've just, we've really just picked an aesthetic. We've stuck with it. Um, you know, we use our DMS. We really encourage people to always, you know, be in our DMS and ask us questions. And that's where we get a lot of, um, a lot of sales too, you know, cause you can keep track of the whole convo and those are basically hot leads. All of those, you know, when they're reaching out, those are, they're prime, they're ready to rock. So those are the main yeah, I love that. How do you have you ever suffered at all with um the famous Instagram paralysis where you're like you can't think of any content to post and you kind of feel because I mean it's happened to me before where I've started off on a really good roll with Instagram and I feel like I've gained loads of momentum and then for whatever reason I just have an absolute brain block and I almost like can't think of anything else to post. Have you yes, guys ever suffered that totally, before? Totally, hundred percent often. Um how, how do you get round it? Because I know it's such a challenge that a so lot of people face. two different ways I do it. Um, I, well, there's three, actually. One, I send mom a picture because I'm like, this fits our aesthetic. It's beautiful. It's not sparking anything. And maybe she'll come up with something. Or we reference one of our books. Sometimes I just open one of our feng shui books and point to a page. And, you know, maybe it's not all within the book, but it's within either our brains or another book. Maybe it's, you know, feng shui for your office and we can come up with something like that but it's and then the third is just a really inspiring image you know with with feng shui there's so many beautiful pictures of people's homes and maybe there's like a really architecturally beautiful picture that has really nice curved edges feng shui loves curves um and you just the sight of the photo will inspire the the verbiage but yeah i've definitely sent pictures to mom before and be like i i got nothing <laughs> i got nothing <laughs> <laughs> that's great though because it sounds like you've got a few options in your back pocket for whenever you are yes. feeling a bit dry and on the content front so I love that that's such a great too. idea totally. yes yeah I know that's such a great idea I know you kind of did touch on it slightly there when you were um talking about the marketing and things but how do you find this because I've seen you've had some great press coverage and I was just wondering what you find are your best techniques for getting that coverage is it just kind of reaching out and connecting with people through dms and things or yeah, what's so your strategy first with a that dm conversation like hey feature us um one recently the the big magazine mm -hmm. that we're being featured in come in soon um basically I reached out to them and say hey and said hey feature us and they came back and said sure you can be in our magazine here's our advertising costs you know, for quarter page, half page, whatever. And I was like, no, 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 that's not what I meant. I meant like an editorial feature. And then the, another person from another, another department within that same magazine reached out for us to do the feature. So that was kind of fun, but it starts out in DMs. And then 
Um, you know, I try and sort of scour around and see if I can find an email and then just follow it up with an email and say, hey, I sent you guys an, a DM. Um, but really the press, it's the social proof. It's and it's not it's not just with the with the advertise or with, um, you know, the features and the the press, but um, it's with our courses, too. So if you've got people that are signing up for your course, it's so important to tell other people that that's happening. Um, and so, you know, the social proof mm -hmm. aspect with being featured in different magazines and on podcasts, and we're so grateful for all of these, by the way, um, it's really just been the most fun. Um, it's letting people know that you're out there and that you're legit and that you're worthy of being covered. You know, you're worthy of, of, of the spotlight and, um, you know, it does take a little bit of time, but just find one one publication that you really really are into and ask them I love that because it's so simple but it's something that so many people yes. overlook and won't do but yes just ask and you know that's how you get the ball rolling I absolutely love that that's such a great Good. takeaway and I think for everyone listening of course so and thank there's you for so many that, magazines like there's so many online publications print publications Anything that you love or are good at, I guarantee there's some kind of magazine out there. And, you know, none are too small. It's a feature. It's important. Mm. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. Uh, my next question is one of my favorites. I absolutely love asking this. Um, so where do you see your business in five years' time? What would you say your goals are for the future? It's a big question as well. I should have pre-warned. But... <laughs> what do you think, Mom? Um, we want to be on television. Yeah. We want a TV show. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love that. That we would want, be incredible. Uh, we also want a feng shui Oprah's house. Oprah, if you're listening, we're coming over. She lives here in Santa Barbara. <laughs> um, oh, amazing. We want to have a New York bestselling book, New York Times bestselling book. Um, we are working... Um, we're working on a membership program right now and we would love to have like 10,000 people in a membership program in five years. What do you think? 10,000 mom, 50,000, 50,000, 50,000. Right. <laughs> we call those BHAG, big, hairy, audacious goals, BHAGs. Um, yeah. And I, I want a new Range Rover. So whatever we need to do to get that, um, to get that ball rolling, um, I will have a Range Rover in five years. <laughs> <laughs> I love these goals these are such incredible goals and I have no doubt that based on how much you've achieved so far you will definitely be hitting all of these oh, as well in the you. next five years so I will be I will be definitely keeping a close eye on you guys and seeing what thank you're achieving you. moving forward <laughs> um I thought just to finish the interview I'd just ask a question that I love to ask all of my guests so Firstly, what advice would you give to all of the incredible women out there who want to start their own business, but are just a little bit afraid mm. to get started? Well, one of the things, um, like I said about the indecisiveness, um, here's the thing with goal setting and with starting a business. You just have to decide on one thing. Just make a decision on one thing. And the beauty of the decision is that you can crumple it up on paper and you can throw it away if it doesn't lift you up, if it's not bringing you joy if it's not, you know, sparking your motivation. So I would say just decide on something. And today is literally the best day to start. And, you know, we've had flops, we've had, you know, we've had setbacks, we've had, um, you know, things that just really that no one bought, like it was crickets out there. And if that happens to you the first time, that's okay. Mo decide and move on to something else. 
So, but do it today, start today, write down something. We are so passionate about the power of written word. So we really believe that an idea is just an idea bouncing around in your head and the universe is not going to take you serious until you take the idea out of your head and get it down on paper. So that's a little bit more granular of a step, but just write it down. You can say, I start my new side business by month, day, year. And um, then you can work, you know, that's the beauty of the seven steps of goal setting um, that we have is that you can, it's a blueprint and a craft. So you work the seven steps. And if that's not working for you, crumple it up and make another decision, write it down and move in that direction. So I, I would just add one, one little mm. thing, and that is jump off the cliff and you'll figure yeah. out how to fly while you're, while you're out there. And always proceed yes. as though there's going to be enough. Abundance. Yes. That's, that's. Oh, I love that. Yes. We're going to take I mean, you can consider if you, if you're listening and you have your idea and you're like, Hey, this is what I'm passionate about. I'm sure of it. Um, you know, you could consider starting to research some coaches. You don't have to pull the trigger, but you can definitely start researching and see if there's anyone that really, um, you know, that you connect with. Mm, that's given me goosebumps it's like inspired me if I didn't already have my own business I definitely would want to start one after that so thank you so Good. much for that ladies um and then my last question so what does being a female entrepreneur mean to you both you start mommy I think it's about taking something that you really love to do and figuring out how to earn money doing it yeah yeah. Um, for me, I think, well, I think there's not enough of us, first of all. Um, second of all, I just love, like, the feminine energy is so powerful. And I think that we, we just, we need more feminine energy on the planet. And so for me, being a female entrepreneur gives me confidence. And I always say there's nothing more beautiful than a confident woman. So, um, you know, as you grow and as you flex and pivot, you know, you're going to, you're going to gain confidence in yourself. And, um, that's a beautiful thing. Mm. Oh, that's so amazing. Thank you so much for sharing those both. I think that is so inspiring. Um, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me, bo- so um, with me today. I really, really appreciate it. And honestly, I think I've learned so much. So I'm sure that everyone listening will learn so much as well. Um, you can follow the Feng Shui Collective's journey over on Instagram. And the handle is at Feng Shui Collective. Obviously, I'll be linking everything in the show notes as well. Um, but thank you so much, Pamela. Thanks, thank you so much, Lauren. I really appreciate your time today. And I've loved talking yeah. Yes, you let's both. feng shui your house. Thank. Oh, I'd like it needs some feng shui, and I tell you. <laughs> oh, thank you so much. So much fun. Have a thank good day. Thank you so much. Bye, Chloe. Okay, bye. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed today's episode and want to keep up to date with the latest who and what she wants podcast episodes then please follow our instagram page which is at the handle at who and what she wants podcast or hit the subscribe button now we hope to see you again soon